Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi. Hello. I'm, I'm, I'm awake today. Yes. And I'm stuffed up. Oh, we're, we're, we're just batting a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I am experiencing the joys of the summer cold. Oh. Which, um, when it's a hundred degrees out, really, really sucks. Oh, we got it. I want I you to know that. I can imagine. So, I'm, I'm on the mend, um, oh. but, uh, I'm still stuffed up and sound just lovely, it's I'm sure. Crazy. Well, hi folks. Uh, this is Zompocalypse Now, and I am Dustin, and, and this is Tim Harvey. Hi, Tim. Hello. Uh, we are back again this week with not uh, a uh, an episode where we are continuing to discuss uh, Cloak and Dagger, the new freeform uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe show. Um, no, no. No, no. That's not what we're doing, because... Dustin... We gotta finish watching The Mist. Dustin... Is a cruel, cruel man. I'm what is known as a sadist. He's I, a monster. I like it when things are are or people are are feeling some sort of pain. Yes, and I've helped inflict it upon them. So yes, we're watching or hate watching the mist again. And I live tweeted tonight's episodes five and six. So if you want to hear my un unfiltered raw. Uh, thoughts on five and six, uh, you can go and look there. So you'll notice, folks, of course, listening to the podcast, that I will beep out certain curse words. You'll also notice that I occasionally have the timing on the beep off just a little bit, because sometimes it's funnier that way. But um, we do not censor censor ourselves on Twitter. No. So Dustin, uh, Dustin's... Uh, filthy, filthy, foul mouth <laughs> is on display it's, in all its glory. It's hashtag hate watch. Yes. Um, I think we might have been slightly suspended because, uh, you know, I got a, a notification that was like, hey, um, you said hate a lot, so I think maybe we're going to just check your Twitter. So some of them... Oh, good. <laughs> you know, I, well, I'm guessing because I... I Maybe tweeted thirty or forty times in the last two hours, yeah. And every one of them was hashtagged with the word hate, so or hate watch. So yeah. So hopefully we'll uh, uh, not be suspended on Twitter because that sure would be, be fine. Uh, a thing there. Anyway, so yeah. So for those of you who have tuned in for the first time for Zompocalypse now, somehow this is the first episode you've listened to. Welcome. Mm. Um, basically. What we're currently doing with The Mist is we're going back and watching this show, which is a televised adaptation of, well, no, it's a, they took the name and the basic concept of the Stephen King right. novella, and there was a movie with Thomas Jane, um, and they had turned it into a 10 episode TV series, that's season one. Right. They were, the intent was that there would be a season two. But no. Because it's terrible and it was canceled. They made some real bad choices. They made many bad choices, not least of which is the fact that this is not a ten-episode story. Um, it is about a four-episode story. 
and right. six episodes of terrible, terrible, terrible filler. Right. Not to mention, no one in this show behaves in a remotely human manner. No. Um, no, they live in a world where things... No, wait, stop. Stop. Okay. Hang on. Okay. I realized tonight, Mia acts like a normal person. And she is the crazy, drug-addicted criminal. So the only sane man character is the junkie, criminal, crazy girl. Yes. Sure, makes yes. sense with the, the show. only character on the show who is who is having any kind of uh, um, like real reactions to stuff is Mia, who is you know a junkie and withdraw and you know like tonight when she finds crazy stuff out she's like I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she ends up going back. We'll get to it. We'll so get yeah, to the, it. Brief, the, the brief catch up recap here is that small town. Uh, Mist rolls in, bad things start happening. Um, crazy things. Crazy Kevin, cuckoo bananas Kevin things. and his wife Eve. Kevin and Eve have a daughter named Alex. And this relation, this this family unit is very odd. Yes. Um, Kevin has a brother who is a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a acquaintance who's a cop who's a jerk. Um, and the cop's son is accused of raping... Kevin Alex, Kevin and his daughter. Um, the accuser is Alex's best friend, um, who's uh, named Adrian. Who's like a gothy, gay weirdo, and he's terrible. <laughs> and then there's uh, Mia, who is the crazy junkie criminal girl. Right. And then there is Brian. Brian, who not is... Brian, not Brian. He's he he's the first character we meet on the mist, and he has uh, amnesia immediately. So he thinks his name is Brian, but he's not Brian. He's never been Brian. So right. So these these people are all thrown together and then separated, and things happen. Um, and Alex and Eve are stuck at the mall, which is full of stupid people, right? Doing stupid things. In a building that doesn't make Al- sense. Yeah, Alex and Eve are stuck in the mall doing the story from the mist. Kind of. Kind of. Meanwhile, Kevin has hooked up with Adrian and not Brian and Mia. And he is trying to get to the mall. Uh, but he keeps getting sidetracked and waylaid. And Well, he's not sure they're at the mall. He's trying right. to get to some place. And so they end up... Uh, after adventures in stupidity, right? I'm sorry, guys. the The show is just dumb. Um, there's also the church. Oh, right. Which has Mrs. Raven and the sheriff and uh, the priest. The priest and and little psycho kid named Link. Mm-hmm. And not anymore. Oh, jeez. So Mrs. Raven is Francis Conroy, right? Who is one of the reasons to watch this show? If anything, she is acting in a different show. Right. She and the lady who played Mia are on a different show <laughs> that is being somehow it's been it's one of those overlays. It's a siege they've right. been CGI'd into this terrible TV show because they are telling different stories here. So uh Francis Conroy's Mrs. Raven basically um is someone who is damaged. Right. Was previously to the 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 mist rolling in. And there were clues. They did really a really good job of, of of 
giving us the the fact that there were like the clues to the fact that Mrs. Raven had some mental issues. Probably a stroke. Probably a stroke of some sort. Her husband at one point when she was looking up something online said, Hey, remember the doctor said don't read too many conspiracy theories and then he's promptly killed by the mist. Um so she is a ment a woman who's mentally impaired, probably from a stroke, who is in this church with all of these people, the kind of people who'd be on a church on a Thursday, and uh, the and she's saying crazy shit about how the mist is natural and beautiful and destructive and and like people are starting to listen to her at the church. And this is making the poor, uh, poor re- priest who's uh, named Father Romanoff, and he's played by Dan Stevens, who is another really good actor. They, the casting of this show, the, the whoever did the casting on the show did a really, really good job. Overall, I would say yes, um, because they cast some really talented people. But then they gave them really terrible material, right? Because this this is a priest who is, and I'm presuming Catholic, yeah, um, who is behaving in a way, reacting in a way, which implies not a lot of connection with people, mm-hmm. um, and it's just maybe it, he was just kind of a going through the motions sort of priest before, and you know he, of course, you know this is all you have to you have to infer you have to infer. A lot of things on the show, including people's names, because they never, they will say the names once, especially if the character is not like a main character. Like, Eve shouts Alex every episode five times. Right, yeah. Like, she says Alex's name all the time. Basically because she's convinced that her daughter will, like, crack into a million pieces if, like, she... Yeah. Meanwhile, Jay, the kid who is the supposed rapist who they are trapped in the mall with, I only know that his name is Jay because I was on IMDb tonight looking up other people's names and I clicked on his picture. I was like, oh, his name's Jay. Like, that's an important character. Don't know his name at all. Yes, but he's another character who the words that come out of his mouth do not come out of teenagers' mouths. Right. In other situations, it's just it's just so it's so odd. Let's finish. Show. Let's do okay, let's yeah. do the church. Finish up the church right. first. So anyway, um, Mrs. Raven is just like hanging out of the church, being crazy, and it's driving the the pastor, Father Romanoff, crazy. And like he's very frustrated, but the one who's really super frustrated is Link, who's like, I don't know how he's connected to this church. But he's, like, one of those, like, crazy, like, wide-eyed believers. I mean, he's like, let's bring back the Inquisition. Right. And he literally is talking about that tonight. He goes, you know, there was a time, Father, when the church made people believe. <laughs> and, and the and priest, priest is like, like we're not going to do that. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Because Mrs. Raven's, you know, doing And the priest has done everything he can. Like, she's back there talking about, like, like nature or whatever. And so he starts playing the organ, and that just drives everybody out of the sanctuary, and, like, just stuff like that. And finally Link comes in and does the whole, like, there used to be the Inquisition, and the fa- and Father Romanoff's like, yeah, that was a terrible time. And Link's like, you don't have to tell me to do it, just don't tell me I can't do it. And... Oh yeah, he's just crazy. Romanoff... 
agrees to this. He doesn't. No, he he, he doesn't agree. He just doesn't disagree. Right. Which is, you know, it's Ta- it's, it's the same. It's tantamount yeah, tantamount to the same thing. So yeah, it's just, these are. It's just I don't. You look at these characters and you're like, did the mist rolled in like four days ago? Mm-hmm. Maybe, Maybe four we days don't ago. know. Time is iffy. Uh, this is another one of those shows where time is iffy because like people will be going to bed in one location. And, like, eating dinner in another location. Yeah, there's no... these. If you were to, like, lay the timelines of the individual pieces as you're watching them side by side, they would not remotely match. Right. They just don't make any sense. It's a very, very confused show. And when I say confused, I don't mean it's confusing. Because after a while, you're just like, I do not expect you to make sense. Yeah. It's just confused. Right. So, yeah, it's... So, Link, like, leads... Mrs. Raven up the stairs to the t- to the t- to the bell tower mm-hmm. or the belfry. I don't know if there's a bell up there. And he's like, "Oh, Father Romanoff wants to see you upstairs." And she's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Oh, yes, come with me." And come, old lady, up these many many flights yeah. of stairs. And she's like, "Why are we going up here?" And he throws her into the belfry right. and and starts you know, saying, "Repent, repent." And he hits her. Little teenage, yeah. I mean, he's got to be a teenager, and or, or early twenties or, 20s or something. He's uh, beating old women. This is not cool, kids. Right, and uh, and Mrs. Raven like picks up a thing, and he's like, "I'll hurt you," and and the, and so she breaks a window, and lets the mist in. And then she runs out and slams the door and locks it from the outside, which raises the question. Why is there a lock on the outside of the room? What? Who are they? Who were they keeping in the belfry? No, just who? Who? What's going on in this church? Things are not right in this town. It's okay, Tim. Things are wrong. It's okay. There's a lock on the outside of the. That's just not right. So yeah, things are very odd. So yeah, and he's begging her to let him back in, and she doesn't. Um, which sort of shitty, like. You know, yeah, but he did just the, whack her. He did try and murder her. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like you know, for you know, turn the other cheek. She's kind of preaching a different kind of religion here, right? So she goes downstairs and she's like, "So funny story." <laughs> Attacked by Link, felt that uh, you know he was feeling a little pushy with his religious beliefs, <laughs> and everyone else is like, "Well, that's not cool." Father, you want to explain yourself? Yeah. And in in an example of many, many times in this show when people do not respond in a remotely human manner, he doesn't say a word. Right. And that's a real problem with the writing on this show is that when people are asked questions, the actual realistic answer that 99.9999% of humanity would respond with doesn't happen. Uh It's usually silence or they say bizarre things like, every time I respond, I try to reach out to you and you respond by treating me with suspicion. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa teenage boy. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Suspected rapist. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, no. we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, God. So anyway, so that is what happens at the church. It basically ends there with with her being like, I wonder why Link tried to beat me, beat Catholicism into me. Father Romanov, dun, dun, dun. and 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 him standing there going, oh, I just wanted to make a house payment, <laughs> and uh, so that's you know what happens at the church. So meanwhile, at the mall, mm. um, 
Alex is having this weird, like, why didn't the witness want me? Because in the last episode, she took a little girl to the bookstore, and there was some sort of snafu, and the mist got in, and it ate the little girl, but it didn't eat Alex, and and so uh, now Alex is having some sort of weird, like, why didn't the mist want what's, me? What's wrong with me that the mist didn't want to eat me? Okay, folks, when the when the evil entity lurking in the impenetrable mist of doom doesn't eat you... That's a good thing. Generally speaking, We're supposed something... to be happy about that. Yeah, it's not something like, gee... I wish I was good enough to be eaten by the monster in the mist. Right. It's like, okay, what's wrong with you, child? But then again, this is an odd child. These are This is an odd family. Right. So to make her feel better, <laughs> Eve takes her on a shopping spree, a free shopping spree at the mall. And I couldn't tell if that was like all new clothes or just the new jacket. I don't know, but the jacket was hated very much by yes. Eve. She basically thought that the yellow jacket was all the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And I was like, that's a fine jacket. That's a... Yellow, it's yellow, but what's wrong with it? Yeah, yeah so it's, um, this apparently inspires, um, the Alex to sit there and go, hey, you know what, maybe because the monster in the mist didn't want to eat me, I'm safe. Right. And I can go out in the mist and find Dad. And he's like, um, no. no we're not no, doing that. That's not a good plan. And she's like, oh, come on. It's like, no, no, I'm going to have to say No. Right. And it's like, fine, I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to go back to the loading dock where, where these guys are camped out. Right. Because they split off from the main group of the mall. Because the main group of the mall is crazy. And the, the loading dock people are slightly less crazy. Right. So anyway, on her way, she pass, is passing the, uh, the sporty goods store. And she decides for some reason to like go in and try and see about raiding their, um, their, refrigerator and someone locks her in the break room and uh and sets the place on fire now the primary suspect here by the way is not the the rapist teenager the guy the guy who's accused of raping her the primary suspect is the mother of the little girl who got eaten by the the mess oh definitely definitely because she's like lurking around giving her the stink eye like Mm -hmm. turn around the corner she's like down there going you Right. You took my daughter from me. So Jay, the possible rapist, ends up rescuing Alex from the break room. Mm-hmm. And at first she's like, you set the fire to get to me. And he's like, why would I do that? This is one of those shows where sometimes the possible rapist says things that are like really... like spot. Why would I set a fire just to... To rescue you from the fire. And you go, oh god, he makes sense. Um, So anyway, um, but then he's like, you were always so suspicious of me. Yeah, it's it's like this bizarre line where it's like, you're always treating me with suspicion. It's like, whoa, what? No, no teenager talks this way. And not only, not only that... But, like, the day before the mist rolled in, he legit got accused of raping this girl. Right. Like, so if anybody is going to be facing everything he says with suspicion, it should be the girl and her mother who you are accused of raping. Jay finally admits the reason that he was wandering around in the mall in the first place is because he was trying to find 
Eve and Alex because he wanted to ask them to let bygones be bygones and let him move in at the loading dock because the people in the main mall were driving were starting to get crazy, like kicking people out and stuff. Right. And he didn't want to be there, especially as a as a suspected rapist. Yeah, well, you know. But he, of course he wasn't going to say that. Anyway. Uh, he, of course, says this in some of the worst possible ways, and basically he and Eve get into this uh, uh, stare down, and where he actually looks at her and goes, I'm tired of the way you're treating me. And it's like, whoa, kid. You know, you're accused of raping your daughter, and you are not defending yourself. Well. Right. Um, but they let him come. They let they him do. come back to the... Uh, meanwhile, Eve's little B-plot subplot is that she's decided that she is going to lie to the people in the mall to give them some quote-unquote hope. Right. And so she is in the print shop um, printing off things from that look like they're from the National Guard coming to rescue them. Like, stay where you are, we're coming soon to help mm-hmm. you. Right, yeah. Uh, and the mall manager finds her doing it and helps her, like, decides to help her. Um, and then somehow at the end of the episode, they end up just, like, getting them distributed outside of the mall. Yeah, I, I'm, it's like, there's a missing step here. Yeah. Right. And I, how how they got it in a place where it could be, like, thrown off the roof? Yeah, I just don't did know they go, Yeah, did they go up on the roof and throw it off? Like, what was the situation? How did that happen? Yeah, I don't But anyway, know. it, like, makes everybody super happy, and Eve's feeling super happy about it, except for then she sees Jay and Alex, like, feeling super happy about it together, and then she's got the confusions. Uh, we've been getting flashbacks, by the way. Oh, right. Between Alex... And they, they just started, episode six. They were like, hey, we're going to start doing flashbacks. Yeah. And it's only Kevin, Kevin thinking about him and Eve moving into their, their house. Their really nice house that they have on a children's book author and slash teacher salary. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's money to be made in children's books, to be sure. But, I don't know, it seems like an awfully, awfully nice uh, uh, income he's, he's generated. But anyway... Um, their relationship is so odd. Really bad. I decided, like, watching these two episodes, that Eve is horrible. Like, she's a horrible person, and she treats Kevin really badly. Uh, yeah, I would agree with this, but there's so many things where they're talking about, they're having conversations that should have been had years ago. Yeah. Uh, Uh, two really important things. Number one, um, Eve was apparently the town mattress. So it would seem. Before before she and Kevin got together. And Kevin's brother kind of still spreads... Jack was his name, right? Something I think so, matter. yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, spreads the news around town. Like, he tells people like that she was slutty and makes her students real, feel really scared about listening to her talk about, you know, yeah. anything. And, you know... And so, like... Kevin is just now hearing about this today. Right. Which is, doesn't make, is, it's also like, a, not a thing that would happen. Right. So it's, I mean, who are these horrible people that, you know, this, they've clearly been, he's clearly been in a relationship with her for years, and everyone is just like, you can't, I mean, okay, sure, we all hold right. on to the past one or the other, I mean. Well, here's the problem that I have with this particular bit of dialogue. We are 
the assumption is these people have all lived in this town together forever mm-hmm. for since for since forever like grew up together right like kevin is acting like he's never heard that eve was some sort of like like trollop or anything <laughs> like oh my goodness what what you had a bad reputation before we got together? I can't believe it. And then, like, what? My brother has a problem with you? How very dare! And just, like... <laughs> yeah, he actually is going to go out and beat up his brother because he said nasty things about his, his wife. And it's like... She's like, I don't need you to go fight my battles yeah. for me. And I'm like, yeah... That's, that's Except you... Yeah, except you've held this in and waited until the brother showed up at your house to bring it up. Like, Which apparently is the first time he's shown up in how long or something because it's like all of a sudden the thing that had to happen for us to have this conversation yeah. happened. Uh, and then we have a sex scene. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm watching this sex scene going, A, this is unnecessary. Yeah. Why is this here? And I am not... That's not even a good... It's not even a well shot or anything. Well, that's the other thing, is that if you're going to have a sex scene, at least have a good sex scene. Yeah, give us something. I mean, even if you're looking at a PG-13 TV level, I mean, I don't know, it's just so... Right. It was just, uh, it wasn't... Yeah, NYPD Blue was doing better sex scenes 30 years ago. Well, and it also seems to have... I don't know, okay, so getting in... Getting into sex theory here, I guess, you know, the whole, the reason, one of the reasons this scene is so weird is because we've just had this... Fight? This, this, yeah, this, this emotional clash here and this clash of history. And then it's like, you know, she wants him to do it harder. And it's like this, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's not... Okay, except, all right, let's just... Also, they are having what is, by just watching, just the worst, saddest missionary position sex. (laughs) Like, he's on top, and she's on her back, and like, like, and then she's like, yeah, she's like, oh my god, harder, harder, and then, like, obvious fake orgasm. It's like, there's no way he made her come with that sex. <laughs> no way. Well, you know, I, I, it's just, it's such an awkward, unnecessary scene. Yeah. And I, I don't, it doesn't, okay, in a show that is full of things where you go, in what way did they think this benefited the story? Mm-hmm. It's a really blatant we wanted to put a sex scene in here, and so here it is. It's like, okay, thanks, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the final, like, way to bury the lead kind of thing we learned from this flashback sequence that's happened throughout the episode mm-hmm. um, was they're sitting, even Kevin are sitting on the couch, and he goes, Who, who's the father? And Eve says, you never wanted to know before. And then he's like, well, I do now. And she's like, well, I'm not going to tell you. Or whatever it is she says. It's weird. And, and to, so we learn tonight in episode 
five of this show that Kevin is not Alex's bio dad. Right. And that they're keeping that information from her. And Eve knows who the dad is, but she's not telling anybody. The whole thing. The whole thing is just all weird. Yeah, it's all bad. It's Everything all about bad it is bad. Wrong. Especially considering that they did, like, five episodes leading up to this. Episode five has flashbacks. And then episode six does not. Right, yeah. Doesn't it doesn't fit in at all. Right. So anyway, so that's what happened in the flashback. Meanwhile, Kevin <laughs> Kevin and Adrian and Mia and Not Brian have all arrived at the hospital because Not Brian got shot in right. the thigh. And so they go in and they get him taken care of. Okay. We need to talk about this hospital. Because <laughs> there are some issues here. Okay. The rest of the town has no power. Right. So they go into the hospital, and this is the emergency room area, and it is brightly lit, and someone says, oh, it's got emergency power, and, okay, so so my day gig is in um, medical pathology transportation. Yes. So if someone cuts something out of you, odds are pretty good that someone like me carries it to a pathologist to be examined. Um, and I take a lot of slides to pathologists to review cases and that sort of thing. So I'm in, a, in and out of hospitals all day long. Right. And I can tell you that even hospitals that are not uh, surrounded by strange, bizarre mists that manifest all sorts of crazy creatures and situations do not have all the lights on all the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's expensive. Right. So to have this entire place lit up on the emergency power... Is not a thing that would happen, right? Period. It's not. It's not open for debate or discussion. This is like no. This is not a thing. And have you've ever been to an emergency room? There's a few things you know about emergency yeah. rooms. One is that if you go to an emergency room to say, oh, I don't know, if you have a piece of rebar sticking through your gut, you know what they're going to do with that emergency room? They're going to take that piece of rebar out of you, right? And Patch you up and then get you because there's a fully there's a fully functioning operating operating room right there, right. And you've like so you skipped ahead a little tiny bit. Because, I guess I did it. Uh, Kevin discovers that his brother uh, is in the hospital because when the mist hit, he was attacked by some kids and they stabbed him with the rebar. And the kids seem to be. A part of the mist, or at least influenced by the mist, because they seem to know him. Right. And they seem to be referencing his being a bully to another teen years ago. Right. Which is something we have not seen the mist do. Mm-hmm. We don't see it actually do this either. We just hear right. about it. He's got this big old chunk of rebarb in his uh, in his stomach, and they're not taking it out. In fact, they haven't like. And in cases where you are, where there's a foreign object in you, they can't remove for whatever reason, they pack the wound. They disinfect what they can, they pack the wound with gauze, and they monitor it until it can be taken care of. Right, because essentially what they're saying here is that the rebar, if pulling the rebar out will cause it to potentially to bleed out. Right. And that the actually rebar staying where it is is actually keeping him from bleeding to death. Or 
causing more damage to his liver. Was that? What yeah, that? The, it, he might it might have hit his liver, and they're not sure because this ER doesn't have any equipment. Yeah, it all seems to have been taken away at, for servicing and put in the other wing, which is like a, a, absorbed by the mist. This is not the way the world works. This is not how ERs work. This is not how right. hospitals work. Everything about this hospital is wrong. Right. And they did zero research. And it is, they apparently they have never been to an emergency room or been to a hospital or had a family member in a hospital or known anyone who was ever sick. Right. Because nothing, nothing behaves this way. So, anyway, um, Kevin decides that he and the OR is down the hall. There's a mist somehow got into the hallway. And the OR is down the hall from the emergency room. And so Kevin decides he is going to take his brother through the mist to the OR and get this piece of rebar out. He's not going to take the doctor. He's not going to take any nurses. He's not. He's going to take a headset and his brother. And then he is going to perform what, strictly speaking, is actually fairly serious surgery. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have a hole punched in you and a long piece of metal jabbed into it, fixing it is kind of serious surgery. Uh, yeah, he's going to do this all on his own. What, what, what's his job again? Uh, he writes children's books, Okay, I'm just, I'm just checking. I was, he's not like a minor in, uh, right. in, in so, nursing? Or... So it's like a Jack Bauer sort of situation oh, now where, where Kevin's got this head. Like, he gets to the OR. They get to the OR fine. Um, Kevin gets to the thing and, and he, and he's, the doctor is on the other end of this thing giving him information. Uh-huh. I'm like, why? I just, like, does he just wanted, this is one of those things like the sex scene. They just wanted Kevin to do it. Yeah. They wanted Kevin to do it badly, just like the sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the doctor, why the doctor couldn't come is beyond me. Is completely beyond me. He's apparently the only doctor in the hospital, as far as I can tell, right. as well. Which is, kind of, again, not how hospitals work. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, Kevin, uh, with the doctor's help, performs the surgery, and it goes well-ish. We don't know how well it exactly could have really, really went. It's almost, it's almost funny to watch the scene, mm-hmm. because it is... It's borderline slapstick. Right. And that's not something you want to be giggling at. Right. But it was close. I was very close to giggling watching this surgery scene. Um, Because I'm pretty sure that's not exactly how you stop bleeding. Yeah. Um, She had a bunch of gauze and shit in the hole. And and then hope it stops. And then staple him up with the gauze inside. Yeah, I just... It just... No, it, was... it didn't make sense. It did no. not make sense to me. Uh, usually, there's suturing and staunching of bleeding, especially if there's a big hole in your liver. Now, like they're not going to stick stick shit in there. And oh, by the way, it... he's going to bring him back. See, the doctor wants him to hurry and bring him back so he can examine him, despite the fact that there's going to be nothing he can do to fix any of this, because apparently, beyond the walls of the mist here, there is a completely non-functional hospital. Right. Like, oh gosh, this whole thing doesn't make any sense. It's so, terrible. So Kevin turns around and he's pushing his brother back and somehow, oh, he slips on some blood. So now there's blood in the hallway. Because we've seen as he moves through the hallway, like everybody in, inside this wing of the hospital has died terribly. Mm-hmm. So he slips on some blood and his brother gets pushed down on the gurney and like falls over and 
Kevin runs over there to try and help him, and, uh, like, leeches start falling from the ceiling. Yeah, there's just, like, gigantic mass of leech-like creatures on the ceiling, and they're all falling. And despite the fact that they are directly above and falling down in, like, huge gouts, most of them are falling on Kevin's brother. Right. In fact, like all of them. Yeah, they're they're specifically falling on Kevin. In fact, there's a, some. It shows some of the leeches actually fall on Kevin, and they just like slide off. Right. Um, so the mist is doing a misty thing to be misty. So he um, does the only thing he can possibly do, uh, which is grab his brother by the shoes and yank him as hard as he can and drag him the forty feet to. No, the, no, he, is that not what happens? No, uh, he he says he's going to do it. He grabs his brother by the shoes and then stands there <laughs> and makes faces. Wait a minute. He doesn't pull him an inch. He just sits there and, and goes, come on. And it's like, what are you doing? It is such... The amount of time. That, that doesn't make any sense, Tim. Yes. Yes. You're quite right. It right. doesn't. <laughs> so so then, then he shoots his brother in the face. Which makes about as much sense as the rest of it. Right. Now, at this point, his brother is, like, completely covered with leech things, so... So, anyway, that's... Ke- oh, well, hang on. So, then later... Right, yeah. Well... Oh, no. So, he comes back, and nobody has heard the gunshot. Yeah. Okay. This will this will begin a theme at the hospital where loud noises will pass with causing no response whatsoever from anyone around them. Right. Because Adrian has his own story to tell. Yeah. So, anyway, Adrian um, uh, sees one of the guys who torments him mercilessly at school. Uh, and he's like, how did you get at the hospital? And uh, and he's like, my mom was having a panic attack, so I ran here, and now I'm stuck. And uh, so he's like, alright, you want to make out? And the kid's like, no, I don't want to make out. I don't like you because I'm a homophobe. And Kevin and Adrian's like, come on, let's make out. And the kid's like, no. And so he beats the ever-loving tar out of him. Yeah. Just beats him to just, just beats him down. And so so Adrian gets up covered in blood, blood oozing from his face, like on his lips, and goes... Now we're going to make out. And the kid's like, okay, let's make out. He doesn't get blood on the other kid's face, by the way. This is something that also happened a lot. Mia yeah. had blood all over her hands earlier in the in the first episode. And she's touching things with it. And uh-huh. they're not leaving blood stains. I don't know what's going on with the makeup department. But, oh, this whole scene is just awful. So then later, he runs into the kid again. And he's like, hey, we're leaving the hospital. And the kid's like, bye. And he's like, hey, we, you know... We made out, and he's like, no, we didn't. And honestly, like, I can, I think that's one of the very few times that The Mist actually did anything right, because any queer teenager who's ever hooked up with a quote-unquote straight kid knows that's, like, had that conversation, has had that, you know, hey, had fun last night, had fun doing what? I don't know how we're supposed to feel uh, in this situation when it comes to Adrian because he is such a bad person. Weirdo. He is, he, it's not even a question of him. I, I, 
weird characters are fine. I'm perfectly, you know, all on board with weird characters. This show is full of, okay, this show is a bad example because it's right. full of all bad, terrible, weird characters. But it's not his weirdness that bothers me. It's not, you know, he, it's not that he's, it's not that he's a, a, a gay teenager or a weird gay teenager or a weird teenager or just a teenager in general. It's just he's an awful person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just an awful, terrible creepy character yeah it's not there's nothing there's very little redeeming redeemable about this character at this point and i i don't understand you it's you are stuck with a sense of wondering why alex even likes this kid because mm-hmm. there's nothing likable about him and it's almost like you're supposed to be sympathetic for him because he is the outsider, mm-hmm. because he's treated so poorly by other people, and on one hand, that is that's shorthand in a lot of storytelling. Right. But you I still have to have a have to have a sympathetic character to connect yeah. with, and it's just not there. I just I feel no sympathy for him. Yeah, there's a lot. And here's the thing: I watched this season. I watched this. When it was on TV, like, every week, like, I would be like, that's time for the mist. And I hated it then. I was not enjoying it. But I watched it. So I know, like, you caught on to Adrian being a creep way before I did the first time I watched it. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, he's just like, eh. Because you said, I think you said, like, two or, like, after episode two, you're like, and, you know, there's Adrian, and he's just a real creep. Yeah, and I was he's a like, creepy, creepy kid. So, anyway, um, that's kind of all that happens with him. He spends the rest of the episode sitting on a chair. Uh, yeah, because Kevin him, gives him the keys. And him and not Brian, like, save Kevin later, and, you know. Yeah, he's got the keys. Kevin gives him the keys so that Mia can steal them later. Right. So... Not Brian and Mia's stories are kind of interconnected because, you know, obviously, uh, Brian, they can't give, <laughs> can't give not Brian anything to do that hasn't have anything to do with Mia. He's basically just heard. So he, he's fine. His leg is fine. He's not going to die or anything. By the way, this is another example of how hospital, the, nothing in this hospital is right. If you get shot in the leg, they are not just going to have you lie on a bed and let you sit up later Right. Because, you know what, four days after, or whatever after the mist, um, the drug supply in this hospital is not running low. Right. You're just letting him sit up and walk around. Yeah. It's like, he had surgery, oh, I don't know, a minute ago. Right. (laughs) So anyway, Mia goes to do something. Like, goes to get, oh, she goes to get that stupid bear. (laughs) She goes to the saddest, (laughs) the saddest, most pathetic hospital gift shop in the history of hospital gift shops. Oh, God, this place is so bad. Right. It's a production designer's nightmare. Right. It's bad. And she she goes to pay for the sad little bear and sees that the person who works there has slit his wrist and is dead. And it's like, he did that before the mist hit. Like, that was, that was like the day the mist hit. He was like, well... This is, this is, I just worked Finally here. my chance. Right. <laughs> now, now, I, now I finally have an excuse. Oh, God. So, anyway. Um, so, she, she takes her bear. She takes her bear, and she goes back to the room not Brian was in, but he's not there. So, she goes to the nurse's station and says, hey, 
not Brian was in this room. Where is he now? And the nurse says, oh, well, Brian is in this room. And so she goes in that room and it's Brian. And she's like, you're not not Brian. That's the real Brian. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I know I'm not not Brian. Not not Brian beat me up and stole my stuff. And so she freaks out, and she tricks Adrian into giving her the car keys, and she leaves. Now, again, I will say, perfectly rational. <laughs> like, perfectly rational. Crazy like, drug she, girl is not the dummy here. She know, she doesn't know where not Brian is. She knows she is now in a situation where the only person that is on her side is, like, way not who she thought he is. And she is out. Because <laughs> there is... There is just nothing is going her way. Right. And frankly, being out in the mist on her own, odds are about as good as being anywhere else. Right. So she leaves and goes to her house because she is going to try and get all the money and drugs that she left there that started, like, remember when she started off, she was having some weird, like, like Pulp Fiction experience. Right. <laughs> Where she had to, like, beat somebody to death and and escape. And, like, she's trying to get this money. So she goes to get the money. And when she gets there, she's the, she lets the mist in the house. So, okay. Um, we need to talk about driving in the mist. Just a minute. Because she goes and does her driving thing. Mm-hmm. The episode, the first, the episode four... We watched. We watched. Right. Uh, we watched five and six, right? Yes. Yeah, tonight. So episode five, five actually starts with them driving to the hospital in the mist, um, very very fast, and managing to not hit anything, which, based on the mist that we see on the screen, is not a thing that is actually possible. Right. Okay. It's it's it just it looks so fake. It's ridiculous. So when she does the same thing, you cannot find your way around through mist. You know, through mist fog that thick, you can't drive that fast, whatever. It's so bad. So she gets back to her, what used to be her mom's house. And she goes out to the shed. And uh, she, yeah. And she gets the shovel and starts digging up the floor. Now, how many days ago was it that she did this before? Four, five, three, okay. seven, twelve. So there's no way for her to tell that the floor has been dug up. In the last couple of days. No. Because she digs up the floor and finds that the bag isn't there. Right. Despite the fact it should be visible to her eyes that the floor has been dug up and the thing she's looking for isn't there. Right. Right. Okay, fine. We're, um, I just want to make sure that I saw the same damn stupid thing you did. So she goes inside the house. Right. To look for the money. And I think I think there were some drugs in there too. But she goes to look for it. I think, she, I think the house, the guy who lived in the house is like spread all over the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead. He's super dead. Uh, and so she goes in. She finds it pretty much immediately. Yeah. She digs around. There it is. Uh, and so then she has to go through like a hallway that's got the mist in it. The mist loves hallways. The mist loves to just be lurking around in a hallway. And then you can just go into any room you want. And it's not going to have any mist in it. Right, because uh, the doors that don't actu- that aren't actually airtight keep the mist out beautifully. Right, and airtight doors um, allow the mist to come in all the time. Right, so it just doesn't make any sense. So, have we mentioned this show doesn't make any sense? Right, it may have been a thing that's come up. So she goes 
into this room, and it's her mom's bedroom, and it's like her mom's bedroom, like from when she was when she, when was, she was a child. And we Mia established earlier that earlier that when she was growing up in this town, her and her mom spent a lot of time in the hospital. She knows her way around it really well because her mom's bipolar. And so they spent a lot of time in the psych ward of this hospital. So, just a side note here, folks. Um, for those of you who actually know anything about bipolar disorder, um, this show does not get it correct. And is a lovely example of how Hollywood and pop culture does a really poor job of actually dealing with mental illness. As someone who is a suffers from chronic depression, just want to make a little note here. This is not how bipolar disorder is treated, okay. by the way. Um, so if this is actually what was wrong with Mia's mom, she has shitty doctors. Yeah, well, obviously. In this town, that's not surprising. <laughs> so, so somehow Mia gets trapped in this loop where every time she tries to leave her mom's bedroom, she ends up back in her bed, in her mom's bedroom, and her and her mom, her mom's ghost appears, and then her and her mom's ghost, like, work out their issues? Well, kind of. Okay, so... So this scene actually starts with what was arguably the most effective, creepy moment of the show so far, which is the writing of the words, Welcome Home, Baby, baby yeah. Doll. Baby Doll. Um, appears on, on the wall. It's a very Stephen King touch. And it's not objectively creepy, but it is the most creepy-like thing mm-hmm. that this show, I think, has done. And so it's it's actually kind of a neat moment. Her mom starts off seeming like that where it's the you know i was sick and i couldn't deal with this and all these things and then you know it and basically ends up with her and now you should you should we should kill you should die with me mm-hmm. you know um kill yourself kill yourself but before that like they had this mo like this moment where yeah. mother's like you know you i couldn't take care of you i was i'm sorry and i knew i should be taking care of you but i couldn't couldn't do it and and then so she apologizes and her mom she accepts her mother's apology. But her mom also kinda of points out that she kinda of wanted her, she kinda of hated her. Right. So it's a, it's a it's not a bad scene. And again, you're right, I think, that, that Mia is the more most interesting character. If this is what if this was show was about Mia surviving all these things, it would probably be a lot more interesting to watch mm. than I want to see what happened. Where what led Mia to be on her knees with her hands tied behind her back in that barn with that guy about to like use a shovel to decapitate her? I have a sneaking suspicion we're never going to find <laughs> no, out. No, we're never going to find out. So anyway, <laughs> um, Mia escapes from this, sure, and uh, goes back to the hospital. Because the mist only kills the people who are not critical to the plot. Right. Um, meanwhile, at the hospital, Kevin has discovered, like, the, through the, these two episodes, through five and six, people have been telling the doctor, the nurse came up and said, We've, another patient has vanished. Like, just vanished. And so Kevin, completely by accident, discovers that the doctor has been feeding people to the mist. Okay, so he discovers this because he's walking down a hall and he hears a noise. Now again, remember that this is the hospital where Kevin shoots a gun, nobody responds. 
Adrian gets his ass kicked in a bathroom, and bathrooms echo. You guys have ever been in a bathroom? I'm sure. Right. I'm sure someone listening has been in a an office building bathroom or a hospital bathroom. They echo like anything. Oh, there were no partitions between the the urinals in that bathroom. Yeah. And that's just wrong. And and nobody responds. But apparently, a noise three rooms away down mm. a hall, then to another room, then to another room. Uh, Kevin's like. What's that noise? Yeah. <laughs> goes after. It's like, no, no, just no. But he does. He follows it down the way and he goes around the corner and there's another exit from the hospital. And then there's the doctor, the same doctor who was going to help, who helped him with the surgery, which may explain why that surgery looks so weird because yeah. doctor is, I don't know, he's a little crazy. Yeah, sure. And he's like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> He says, I've been feeding terminally ill patients to the mist to find out what causes, like, what's their, he's like, and the mist is, uh, is, is killing them with their own specific thing. Like, something from their past will show up. Some woman, woman's dogs came and ate. She was so happy to see them until they ate her. All right. And Kevin's like, um, I'm not sure your experimental process is as well-defined as you think it is. Or else he would say that, but he's been gagged. Right. So, and the doctor's like, I'm going to put give you a sedative so you're not going to react as strongly, which I think um, will mean the mist won't react as strongly to you. And this is not exactly good scientific method, but Kevin's like, I can't just debate this with you because I'm gagged. Gagged, yeah. And so he pushes him out and uses... T- the the pod the pod bay doors, which all <laughs> hospitals have, to uh, to like close the door and then open the door again, and uh, and so Kevin the mist fills the room where Kevin is. Then nothing happens to him because Kevin starts is the seeing main character of the show. Yeah, he's he's he sees like a gurney melts, and then he sees himself standing over, and then a, then an owl and. And the, the doctor is timing him, like, this whole time this is happening. And uh, about the time the doctor says, you've been out there for two minutes, that's when not Brian and Adrian show up and beat the doctor up and stab him and kill him and rescue Kevin from the mist. And Kevin looks at them and goes, we are leaving. Yeah, we are out of here. <laughs> and that's when they're like, who has the keys? <laughs> like, oh, Mia's been gone this whole time. And they all know that Mia's been gone. They're like pissed at her and she shows up it's like hey guys what's going on and they're like you <laughs> she's like sorry about it i was go i went to look for gas and they're like sure you didn't mia so he's like we're leaving you can explain what happened no fine and so right about the time that they decide that they're leaving the generators fail right and by the way um when generators fail you do not actually get lights going this panel shuts down this panel shuts yeah. down okay that's not how things work, but that's how things happen. And also what doesn't work that way is electric doors. Right. All the electric doors pop open. And and they're like, what's going on? And Mia says, the generator has failed, and so all the electric doors are opening. No, the electric doors run on electricity. So when the generators fail, they stay exactly how they were. So the thing about doors like that is that they're designed to be manually open in the event of an emergency. Right. Not the other, not pop open. It's just like, no, this is 
This is not. This is not, not how, how these safe. things work. But it's super fun. Well, we for, we did to leave, hate it. We did leave a part out, which is that Brian comes across, or not Brian comes oh. across Brian's room, right? And because uh, he was looking for Mia, and they said, "Well, Mia went to see her other friend," and he's like, "Other friend?" Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, Brian." And so, not Brian goes into Brian's room, and Brian is like, "Hi," and not Brian's like, "Who are you?" He goes, "I'm Brian. I'm your friend. I'm here to help you." Or let's help each other, or whatever, and and not Brian kind of walks up, and then they fight. Yes, okay. Two so. people who have just like <laughs> who just come out of surgery of some kind, who are injured, fight completely like people who are not injured in any way, shape, right. or form. Nobody's stitches are torn. Nobody starts bleeding again. Nobody starts you know collapses to the ground because they're in pain or right. anything. Uh, it basically ends with I can't tell did he did did not Brian kill Brian? Yes, he, not Brian kills Brian. Okay, it's hard for me to tell if you just choked him out. Um but basically um they fight and that's and and behave in a manner that is not how people who are injured be, behave. It's just it's like everything else else in this show it's like no. It's not how things work. And is that it? Is that everything? That's everything I think. Oh my god, this show. This show is so bad. The show is so full of things that are not how the world is. It's just insane. And then it's a horror show. Right. There is... The only thing I'm afraid of is that I'm going to have to go work on a show like this. That's the only fear that the show is generating. I other hand, these people did get paid. They did. That's true. So I reached out to the guy who played Link on Twitter. It's like I really would like to have a long conversation with you about the mist. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, I think I may have tweeted hate too many times. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, I love that because I was tweeting at the mist. Right. Yeah. And so I just love the idea that somebody at some some promotional company that did promotions for this show. Like, their phone started blowing up tonight, and they're like, what is going on? And they looked, and I was like, oh, somebody's watching The Mist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there are so many people who work on a project like this, who, you know, there, this does have a fairly good cast. I mean, some really talented people are working on this show, and worked on this show, and you right. know that nobody set out to make a bad show. Uh, there are There are... So many different ways a project can go awry. We know that from our own personal mm-hmm. experiences. But oh god, it's so just it's it's such a it's such a stunning level of all the things that could have been not this wrong before it even got anywhere near to airing. It's just it's stunning. It's right. I'm, I'm so just you know this is this is a show that is made to be hate watched. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, oh, it's driving me nuts. So, anyway, enough, enough, enough. Enough of this. Folks, uh, as always, thank you for listening to Zompocalypse Now and to Dustin and I. Blather on about the things that entertain us. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of this. As always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, where Dustin is uh, often very funny. Mm-hmm. I generally don't tweet, uh, except to let you guys know when the new episode is out. Right. Um, and uh, follow us on social media, like Facebook... And we are not on Instagram at this time. I'm not sure what we do except post pictures of the dog. Um, uh. <laughs> but we are, uh, yeah, 
you know, and if you follow, you know, if you're listening to us on, on uh, iTunes or podcast.com or any other places, Google Play, that sort of thing, uh, if you could please uh, rate and give us a review or give us some sort of feedback, that would be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and, of course, rating and reviewing also helps draw attention to shows on the various platforms. Right. And, of course, building an audience is what, one of the things we'd like to do. So um, we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now and probably more The Mist because Dustin is, an, is, is a cruel, cruel man. I am. And, uh, and, you know. I am the devil. He is. So thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Yay! Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.